0: This show is brought to you by EarPeeler.com.
1: Welcome one and all to episode 121 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And during this episode, we continue our September's Classic Albums column month. September Album Series, however you want to call it. And for episode 121, we bring you ACDC's Back in Black. Well... With ACDC, it was difficult for me to choose what album to go with because, obviously, there are diehards that will only listen to the Bon Scott years. There are others that prefer the Brian Johnson years, and I think, for the most part, the band gets a pass when it comes to their lead singer switch because there was a death involved. Most other bands, that isn't the case. You know, you have... Camps that are split, m- far more pronounced than it is with A C D C I I should say that. Because, again, there are people that prefer one or the other. But a vast majority enjoy both. So, um, obviously, Back in Black is one of the biggest selling hard rock, rock albums back in the day. Metal albums uh, before, you know, it was classified dad rock or classic rock radio uh, just played the ever-living crap out of the the album, or tracks off of the album, and as some will allude to, where it even bleeds into pop radio. So uh, it was difficult, because I thought of maybe, you know, Highway to Hell, or even Dirty Deeds. You know, a, lo- a lot of this comes from uh, being a kid and remembering when these albums were introduced to me, and when... You know, they really got me involved in listening to the band. ACDC is my brother's all time favorite band. So I remember as a kid, we had, uh, besides Destroyer and Alive 2 by Kiss, we had Cheap Tricks Live at Budokan. We had uh, Ted Nugent, um, the album that has Wango Tango on it. I forget the name right now. Scream Dream, that's it. And we had Pink Floyd's The Wall, and we had this. So if you ever remember with the vinyl albums, with the turntables, there was, I don't even know what it's called, where you could stack the albums in the middle, and once one of the sides was done, another album would drop, and then it would start playing that album. So I remember having all of these albums stacked up there and having them play one after the other. So... Uh, That's another reason why I picked Back in Black also. But in any event, there are plenty of great musicians and producers involved and just journalists and different people in general. Uh, We welcome back a lot of people that you've heard in the previous episode, such as Charlie Benante, uh, John Schaefer from Iced Earth, Martin Popoff, Alan Tecchio, Gene Hoagland, Jason McMasters, Carl Kennedy, um, Jeff Martin from Race Rex. Uh, You also have members of Toxic. You have uh, members of Corners of Sanctuary. You have the Shredlord Joe Stump. You have members of up-and-coming bands like Diamond Lane uh, involved. And um, uh, what else do we have here? We have counts, we have lords, <laughs> and we have a metal queen in Doropesh as well. We also have a pair of decibel geeks joining us. Yes, guys, you're finally on this episode. So uh, you'll hear all of these people commenting on this album on various topics regarding ACDC so this will be a great listen if you're a fan of the band. At least I hope for you guys it's a great listen. want to remind you guys to check us out on Facebook, uh, on, to follow us on Twitter, to leave comments right there on iTunes if you're subscribing that way. You can also pick us up on Stitcher. Uh, all of these great links are right there on the Mars Attacks radio homepage marstaxradio.com. We just revamped the site, so there are a few things that we're still working on. Hopefully, if you're not catching this right away, you'll say, what the hell is he talking about? It looks fine, man. Well, um, hopefully that's the case. But that's what happens when you're you're dealing with, you know, tech support in another country. But what can you do? Anyway, Um, also at the beginning there, you heard our nice little... Intro, thanks to Ines in Portugal, uh, who you will hear between each one of the comments introing the various people. Um, she pretty much put some commercials together for me for my new podcasting news and interview website called Ear Peeler. So if you're wondering what that is, it's a podcasting news website, so go over And you'll see exactly what it's about. You know, it's a way of keeping up with your favorite shows and your favorite artists. Uh, Sometimes it's difficult to do so. And this by no means is to take you away from your normal reading pleasure of hard rock and metal news. This is just something else to add (laughs) to your morning, your afternoon, or your evening when you check out, you know, all these types of websites. So, in any event, here we go with... ACDC's Back in Black. The next time you hear from us will be Anthrax's Sound of White Noise. Here we go with Back in Black.
0: Earpillar, the podcasting and interview news site to keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear. Go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. The host of One on One with Mitch, Talking Metal Digital's own Mitch Lafon.
2: Wow, these are all uh, career, uh, big time career spawning uh, albums, right? I mean, again, Back in Black was a big change. Brian Johnson now was in the band for Bon Scott. Many people considered him the best vocalist, uh, you know, hard rock vocalist. And here's a band that had a lot, a lot to prove. And I mean, here's another one. They just created these anthemic songs, and it didn't matter if you liked. It didn't matter if you liked, you know, Debbie Gibson, or if you liked <laughs> Britney Spears, or if you liked, uh, you know, uh, what, what else? I'm Britney Spears now, but, but back then, you know, Madonna, or if you liked Kiss, or it didn't matter what you liked. Those songs spoke to you, and. You could have, you know, you could be a, a teacher or a politician or a kid. You heard those those notes in Back in Black, and they sucked you in. And I mean, you know, that's one of those that's one of those albums that crosses all generations and all genres. Uh, those songs are so good that you can't help but sing along when you hear it on the radio and you you play it and it's the kind of heavy metal song that you can walk through a mall and they'll play it over the speakers it's it's that um i don't want to say multi-generational but it's that big that it breaks out of the mold and it breaks out of the genre and it just brings in a whole new audience and that that album brought in for all metal bands and metal fans, it brought in a whole new audience that discovered this music that we love. And without Back in Black, you know, I'm not sure the, the hair 80s would have happened. I'm not sure people would have cared about Quiet Riot and Metal Health. I, I You know, it's... Th- those simple, simple chords strung together, and I mean, we're not talking about technical playing. There's no Ingve Monstein stuff on Back in Black. There's these... <laughs> Simple little notes put together in such a way that you and your sister and your brother and your doctor and your teacher and your policeman all go, yeah, I love it. I get that. I'm back in black. Are you? And, you know, (laughs) that's the album. Great album. You know, and and ACDC is one of those bands that until they sort of cheated with the Iron uh, Iron Man 2 soundtrack, said no, no, we don't do uh, greatest hits and stuff. Right. But I mean, when you look at an album like um, Back in Black and you look at that track listing, you go, well, hell, Dell, that's 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 the greatest hits. And uh, uh, Giving the Dog a Bone, yeah, I'd put that on the greatest hits. And You Shook Me, oh yeah, yeah, I put that on 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 a on the greatest hits. And you go, oh, I don't need to buy greatest hits. I just need to buy this album. I've got right. 10 greatest hits on this. And Mutt Lang, <laughs> good old Mutt yeah. Lang did that. I mean, you know, without Without Back in Black, uh, Mutt Lang ends up being sort of a has-been producer. And because of that album, Def Leppard say, hey, sh- we need you on our on our next album. We have a make or break third album coming out, and we need some some oomph. And then you know they have the accident, and they go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We need you on our comeback after our third album because we need some oomph. And <laughs> it 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 created it created it gave Mutt, it gave Mutt Lang a name, and it right. gave him. And you know, listen, it, it affected the rest of rock because. After that, so many people went out to get Mutt Lang to get that sound. And I mean, you know, diverse artists from from uh, Brian Adams to Def Leppard to Shania Twain all went, hey, Mutt Lang, come over here. And those guys all did it because of Back in Black. Because that album was such a masterpiece. They said, hey, come rub, come rub a little bit of your magic on us. And they all, I mean, you know. They all created these huge albums after that.
1: Do you think that Billy Ocean called uh, Mutt Lang as a result of Back in Black?
2: Um, you know, I would have to say yeah. Because when you're looking to produce an album and... Good old Billy Ocean. What was the <laughs> song uh, going to be your lover? Lo- know
3: what fucking song that
2: was. Yeah, no, but listen when when you're when you're a an artist who's looking to be number one, you go with what's hot, and uh, Back in Black was that hot that even non-metal artists go, I need that producer, you know, behind my dials, right? And that's how big and how important that album is. That and look at the look at the list. I mean, Def Leppard's a hard rock band like ACDC. That's the same. Brian Adams is not a hard rock band. And he's going after Mutt Lange. Billy Ocean is going after Mutt Lange. Shania Twain. I mean, if it wasn't for Back in Black, I guarantee that maybe with the exception of Def Leppard, the other three artists, or the other, yeah, the other three, wouldn't have called him. There's no way. No way. Because who would have cared? Mutt Lange? Mutt who? What did he do? Oh, well, he made an album that I've never heard of. Oh, all right. Why do I want him? You go. Oh, but he did uh, Back in Black. You go. Oh, Back in Black. I want him. So yeah, yeah. That 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 changed not only uh, hard rock and and metal. It changed country music because the albums that he made with Shania were sort of a a more aggressive, you know, more uh, out front kind of country. The stuff he right. did with Brian Adams changed that sort of solo artist uh, thing and and, and what he did with with Billy Ocean. Listen, Billy Ocean became a big, huge star in the 80s and nobody really cared before and nobody has cared since. Mm -hmm. But right after that Mutt Lang album, people cared for a little bit of time. Right? Right. Yeah. going to be your lover. (laughs) What a stupid (laughs) song that was. What was the the other song he did? I want to be your lover boy. Oh, God. I'm going to have to go watch that later. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to have that in my head all night. I'm going to have to pull out the migraine medication again, I'm sure. From
0: Witchcross and Ravensthorne, Count William.
2: Okay, uh,
4: this uh, this album uh, uh, is just a awesome ACDC album. But, uh, you know, I went through another phase, you know, being around that same age. You know, I went through a big phase with ACDC, but, they've, you know, I've never... Uh, I always loved them, but I've never, you know, they've never been like one of my top favorites. But I do think they're a great band, and you can't get away from, you know, how how good of a simple hard rock band they are. And they're on the radio every day, no matter what station you turn on, you're bound to hear Back in Black. But it's it's like uh, I gotta say one thing is that uh, you know, for being their first album, Back in Black, without Bon Scott being in the group, and then Brian Johnson came in. You know, they probably didn't know what to expect when they put him into the lead vocal role. And then to to have it be such a great uh, vocal vocalist for the album and have everything on the whole record, you know, become like a a real big hit was probably exciting for them. But also, it's also like I'd have to say that when Back in Black came out, it was like ACDC, in my opinion, took a little bit heavier of, a, of an approach to their music because like... Um, when you listen to the early stuff with Bon Scott, it was great. And he had a great sense of melody in his voice and it carried throughout their whole career. But he also had like a slight, you know, Bon Scott had a slight sense of humor and, and that kind of influenced the band style between seriousness and, and a little bit of, you know, a little humor and a little lightheartedness. But once Brian Johnson came into the role of lead vocalist, you know, every throughout the tragedy of Bon Scott being gone, that was a major blow but then when brian johnson came in and then acdc came back out nobody knew what it would be like but it really in my opinion it seemed like the band got heavier i actually uh i'm in the minority for thinking this but i actually at that point i actually liked his vocals better than bon scott but i still nowadays i look back and i like bon scott a lot but when i was younger you know, I was like uh, when I was really young, heavy metal fan around 10 or 11 years old and I heard By- or Brian Johnson, I thought he was a little more like what I was liking about ACDC. And then the next few records were real heavy, too. And, uh, you know, Hell's Bells uh, have a drink on me. Everything on there is like like a real sonic explosion. It's like really heavy and really in your face and his vocals having almost like the first thing I thought when I was really young and I heard him scream, you know, like some of that stuff, I felt like it almost had like a, he had like a slightly, almost like the real early Zeppelin kind of scream a little bit. But nowadays I don't think, you know, now that I listen back to it, it's totally different. But I mean, at that point when I was that young and I heard it, that's kind of what I thought in my mind. And I thought that uh, Bon Scott was a little more, you know, kind of a a straightforward uh, little bit of a melody and uh, that's kind of how I compare those two. But uh, yeah, I think at that point, it was my favorite. Uh, back in Black was probably my favorite ACDC album at that point. But now I look back and I, I I, like some of the other albums better. But it was a great album at the time. And it did reestablish the band as a, as a superpower of, of hard rock.
0: From the Decibel Geek Podcast, Aaron and Chris.
4: Well, if you're talking about ACDC, Back in Black, the important thing to remember is This was the first album they came out with with their new lead singer Brian Johnson after Bon Scott had died. And personally, you know, I'm a bigger fan of the Bon Scott era of ACDC. But if you're going to come out with an album that says, you know, we're going to continue on, we've still got the balls to do what we need to do, then this album was the one to do it with. I mean, you talk about songs like "Let Me Put My Love Into You," "Have a Drink on Me," you know, "What You Do for Money," and even the songs that are so popular like "Hell's Bells," "Shoot to Thrill," and "You Shook Me All Night Long." You know, overplayed, yeah, but you know, the back tracks on it you know i love the song let me put my love into you you know shoot the thrill giving the dog a bone if you're gonna come out with an album that says we're here we're strong and we're continuing on then this is the statement that they had to make and they made it well with back in black
5: yeah i would agree with that i mean i i also agree that bond scott was probably a a better vocalist for the band in my opinion but brian johnson couldn't have had a better debut than he did with this and i think it all came together with uh mutt lang being the producer of this record Um, just good guitar playing as always you know then you've got Cliff Wilson or Cliff Wilson Cliff Williams doing great bass playing um Back in black, you know, the, as overplayed as it is, it's still it's timeless. You'll, it will no one will ever get sick of hearing back in black. As far as I'm concerned, um, you shook me all night long. Played at every high school dance I think I ever went to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never get the image of uh, the hot chick uh, in lingerie riding the bike on the uh, video out of my the head. Bull, wasn't it? The, was like I it thought was she was a bull. on a. It was on a bull. She, she, she on a, she's on a at the bicycle. End she,
4: well, at the end, she's riding the uh, electronic. bull. I was
5: looking at her ass. I wasn't paying attention to what she was riding. But ah. um, anyway. ACDC, Back in Black, it's a fantastic record. Yes, it's overplayed, but hey, you know, what would we do without it, you know?
6: You're right.
0: Brat's Blackouts A Van
7: ACDC for me has always been, I don't know, I like ACDC. I like the Bon
8: Scott stuff a lot more, but okay. um, I don't know. I've never owned that album because it's always playing on the radio anyways, so if I want to hear it, I'll just turn on the radio. Right. But, but I mean, all the songs are great, and I think, I think they're a really really solid band. Um, yeah, and and from the looks of of the track listing on that, got most of their hits. So
0: the Shred Lord Joe Stump. Um, well, well, that one, you know, one um, once again
9: not a you know landmark or influential record for me, but of course the sound of the record um, is killer, and it's got like some killer tracks and. And to to a lot of, to a whole generation of people that weren't familiar with the Bond Scott era ACDC, that was like their introduction to ACDC because, you know, especially in the States, that's the record that really broke them, you know. So, so right. I don't, have, and so, you know, and hopefully people that heard that record kind of went back to some of the great Bond Scott era stuff and, you know, and checked that out as well. You know, but of right. course, Brian, Brian Johnson did a great job on the record and, you know, and, and obviously those guys are, you know, are still recording and still touring to this day. So, you know. You can't really say, you know. There's something to be said to that kind of longevity. They're obviously doing something right.
0: Mick, Sean, and James from Corners of Sanctuary.
4: All right, James is going to speak in depth about <laughs> oh that. The you're, you're like shit, you're yeah. the major. I mean, we're all yeah. fans, yeah, but you're the yeah. big. Yeah. You're so fan.
0: I mean, where where I guess you could.
6: I mean, if we're talking about metal, where do they fit in that in that realm? I think that was the first album that probably. Well, obviously, Brian Johnson's voice, which was copied a lot with a lot of the 80s glam bands, some of them. Um, but I think that was the first time that ACDC kind of crossed into what would be called the heavy metal crowd, just in my opinion. Um, I don't think they were ever really a metal band. They're probably a hard, well, they probably... Yeah, rock hard band. rock. They've always called themselves a rock and roll band. Yeah, a hard, a hard rock rock and roll band. But they, um, I think they picked up a lot of metal fans. Oh, sure. Oh, that's too. right. The Back in Black is where, like I said, where, mm-hmm. they, where they start to pick up those fans. It was kind of like everybody... Later in years, had I mean it was kind of made fun of a little bit with I guess Beavis and Butthead, whatever AC/DC, Metallica, like your stoner metal kind of kind of, <laughs> kind of vibe, you know what I mean? Um, but it went from you know, Highway to Hell, which is in a lot of ways a pretty heavy album, um, right into new guitar, you know, practically a new guitar sound, right where it was super heavy, very dark. Um, you know, it it stands now as one of the, I don't know, top five albums, right, in in rock. So, at least as far as sales go, um, I don't think there's a song on it, in my opinion, that is bad or that that just sticks me all night long. Well, I, well, and I haven't overplayed. Yeah, I it's could I overplayed. couldn't stand it the first time I heard it, but other than that, the rest yeah. of the album is yeah. is amazing. Um, the album is great. But, you know, there's nothing, and then and then you consider you have a, a frontman. A brand new front man really a brand new vocalist sounding and vocals right um and that was you know i think the, the energy, energy everything was changed yeah everything
10: changed uh, did um did mutt lang produce that album yeah i don't know yeah yeah
6: yeah, yeah. yeah,
10: yeah and right. and that so that was so mutt lang did one one before he did that one and then he did uh oh, um, what the hell for those about, but I think having Mutt Lang involved in that as well helped, you know, especially since the band was at at such a crossroads. I mean, you know, like this album had to kind of break that right. that and,
6: barrier. Um, the, the other thing with that album too, it wasn't I, I don't, it wasn't like you know AC/DC had had this kind of I don't want to call it childish, but like your he had a very elementary approach to the songwriting. Well, not not that, but even on the lyrics and stuff, right? It's like you know, like big balls or yeah. a whole lot of Rosie or, you know, that album um took those sexual themes but made them mean and nasty and not like playful and, and horny. <laughs>
11: you know what I mean? we never
6: knew where Bon Scott was actually coming from. <laughs> <That's the problem. laughs> But I mean what what can you say? I mean, every any metalhead's gonna love that album. And probably recently it would be another one, but after that, you know, it's they have their ups and downs out there, I think. Yeah. What, Fly on the Wall?
4: That was actually yeah. a pretty decent
6: album yeah. I mean they're, they're all they all have their thing. Yeah,
11: they sure. had a the good song <laughs> New album,
6: The two new two newest albums I think are, are great. The last last album was killer. They, I, I mean, mean,
10: we've seen them we've seen them just a we
6: see them live. I see two them two freaking... years
10: ago, three years ago,
6: whatever it was. So the Black last ice. time they were through our, our area, Black, Black Ice, sort
10: of. they, I mean, they were still freaking smoking live. I mean, it, you know. It, they, this awesome. is the only
6: band that they have the same, especially the older stuff, the same guitar sound as on the albums. Yeah, they when care. you hear them on the channel.
10: They're really not trying to in, reinvent the wheel, which is not a bad thing. And they're uh they what they do, they do it really well. Hands down. So mean that's
0: primarily
8: it. <laughs> there
10: you go.
0: The man that continues to shred the envelope, Dave Raffet.
8: Yeah, Back in Black is a great, great record, man. There's no doubt about it. Um for me, I really, really love the Bon Scott era of A C D C. For me, I just that's that's my AC/DC. I love that stuff. But I mean, but Brian Johnson's unbelievable, of course. And I've seen him with Brian Johnson. Um, that was a great show. And I forgot to bring plugs, I'm still paying the price.
12: <laughs> but,
8: and uh, Angus, of course, man, Angus is ridiculous. And uh, in concert, he was just crazy running all over the place. And, and the guy's not a he's not a spring chicken anymore. You know, he's probably sixty or more and just kicking ass, man, making everybody look bad. You know, making guys in their twenties look like dopes. You know, right. And. Um, yeah, Back in Black, big influence on me as a player for sure, you know, like some of the songs on there are just I still have a lot of fun playing. You shook me all night long. Back in Black, you know, great guitar solos, great riffs. Uh, Malcolm and Angus, you know, I don't know who writes the majority of the riffs, but the riffs are fantastic. And you can hear how they come straight from the blues, you know, and I like that a lot. I like being able to hear that bluesy kind of stuff that they do. They're, they're
1: both fantastic guitar players. Cool. Do you know why, um, or this, uh, what I'm going to mention is, is hearsay, so I'm not sure okay. if it's true or not, but supposedly uh, the reason why Angus is the lead guitarist and Malcolm just plays the rhythm guitar is that they figured when the band first started out, everyone wanted to see solos. And Malcolm figured that while Angus was soloing, that he could be in the back drinking a beer. Nah. So he figured, all right, well, you do all the solos. You know, I have no issue not, you know, doing any of that. In the meantime, I'll be I'll go
8: drink a beer. in the
1: back <laughs> yeah, having a beer. So. That's
8: funny. And luckily he got clean, man. He went to, uh, I know Malcolm, I watched the uh, Behind the Music. He had to go to rehab. He had to get cleaned up, so that's good.
0: Tom Potter of Gun Driver.
12: Oh. Well, you know, I mean, I can't, you know, I don't think anybody can say enough about ACDC. And they're one of the bands that we took as, as a heavy influence. And if you listen to our singers get a real rough voice and there's only so many guys who who can do that. Well, and I think they're kind of born with that voice, but that's all Brian Johnson and these guys performed in 2010 and they blew the roof off the place in Austin at the uh, Frank Irwin center. But, you know, as a songwriter, and, and guitar player, um, back in black, just that song with, you know, there's a use of the dotted dotted chord note Hemiola, which is, you know, it's a polyrhythm that's that's very often used, but very inventive use of it in that riff, you know, when it when it comes down to tension and release, and those guys, you know, they're 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 masters of the craft. Uh and they completely nailed it with uh, you know, the the mix and that thing, you know, the kick, it sounds like a freaking bomb's going off and the guitars are nice and warm, and you know, the vocals are screaming. And, I mean, I could I could literally pick any one of the tracks on the entire album and tell you, you know, that's my favorite. From this one the "Rock and Roll Ain't Noise Pollution," I love, uh, you know, "Have a Drink on Me," you know, uh, "Shake a Leg." Um, yeah, you know, the, the the entire album is beyond classic. It's it's really a a, a lesson in, in how you do it in rock and roll. You know, from
0: Diamond Lane, Brandon Bowman.
10: Oh, again, an iconic record. I mean, we're talking about Brian Johnson filling one of the biggest sets of sneakers in Bond Scott, the fact that that band was so influential and poignant with their first vocalist, let alone starting this next chapter that really took them on a, you know, global ride through the stratosphere. I I think back in black is something that really cemented their legacy, following up after highway to hell. Those are uh, big tracks to follow. So The fact that they were able to come out the way they did and drop the hammer really proved their staying power, cementing their spot in the history of the annals of rock and roll. And I mean, tracks on that album, have a drink on me, shake a leg, let me put my love into you. Top notch, top notch tunes, top notch performances by a hell of a band.
0: Lord von Rathenstein of Lords of Trident. Back
11: in Black by ACDC is... Ah oh, man that that album is is definitely a classic and it's one of those things where people say you know ACDC has done has recorded the same album 30 times uh, just slightly differently and re-released it and that may be true but dang it whatever they're doing it just works i mean you know yes when when you pick up an ACDC dc album and you put it in you know you're going to get you know some variant of black and black Bo- uh, uh, back in black Playing on your radio, uh, and and to me that's okay. You know they found their niche. They're doing it correctly, uh, and you know I don't think anyone really does it as, as as cleanly or precisely as ACDC Even though even though they may do it over and over and over again, uh, I'll still listen to it. Um, but yeah, just just a very very strong album front to back. Didn't find a whole lot of songs where I was like, ah, eh, you know not not as good as, as last as Back in Black or, or Hell's Bells or think like. Pretty much every song on that album. is 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 gold so i i love it
0: josh christian of toxic uh
9: again landmark record uh bon scott had died and everybody was very sad because highway to hell was such a great album and you didn't really know where ac was going to go and when back and black came out it was just such an amazing record Uh, every song was a a, you know a gem it was uh, again a landmark record that was that time frame when Seemed like just album after album coming out was amazing. And Black and Black was no exception. Hell's Bells and *Shoot a Thrill and Rock and Roll Noise pollution Just great songs.
0: From Racer X, Jeff Martin.
9: That, I
13: thought, was, you know, um, after having such an amazing singer like Bon Scott, and then all of a sudden they come out with a singer that's completely different than Bon Scott, but still he 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 followed the niche of what that band is so well that it, it it didn't change, you know. It it obviously changed a lot, but and and not only that, but to have somebody who loved Bob Scott too and was friends with him and and cherished him, you know, that that it was just a really great move. Uh I don't know if you know this, I have a I have a fun band. Well it's you know, we're trying to gear it for Vegas and, and uh, you know, making a little dough and, and having fun in uh, playing a tribute band, and it's called Priest TDC. And I played the Judas Priest part, of course. I get the whole a la 1983 Rob Halford gear, uh, leather with the biker cap and the whip and the, the whole nine yards. That's my get-up. And then we have two guys from Pennsylvania, one from Gettysburg, I'm not sure where Forrest is from, but, um, one does the Bonds got dead on. He, he close your eyes. It's him. And the fellow who does, uh, the, uh, Brian Johnson, uh, he is spot on vocally, but visually too. He could wander on the ACDC stage and they'd probably go, <laughs> well, he, he just must be to the spa. He's looking good, a lot younger. Um, <laughs> And, and uh, so we just trade off three songs a piece, and we do this whole show. And at the end, we have a dueling match where I'll sing over ACDC songs with priest lyrics and they do vice versa with me.
12: And okay. it, it
13: came off really good. But it's, yeah, that album was, uh, and that album was so good. I mean, if I have to teach a, a young kid wants to learn how to play drums and I what whatever he does, I say, just get back in black. Started the first song and when you get to the end you'll be playing drums and you'll be able to learn those songs because 'cause they're solid, they're they're you know, there's not a ton ton of tricky stuff. Even though there is. There's when you when you're a drummer and you hear that stuff, you, you can pick out how cool um well, the drummer for A C D C really worked that stuff out to be. But um yeah, that was uh that lets you know, that album lets you know that they are far from gone. And there's a whole new era coming, and, and of course there was.
0: From the Rods, Carl Kennedy. You
13: know, at first,
14: first when I, we'd always been into ACDC. So when we first started, we started playing covers. And then, uh, you know, doing covers, ACDC was a band that we covered quite a bit. So, you know, a whole lot of Rosie and those things with Bon Scott. So we weren't sure what was going to happen with Back in Black. But... Uh, You know, we loved the band, so it was just a matter of, you know, first thing, grab the album. But uh, that album really, you know, changed things for us, I think, as a band. We had, um, I think at that point, we had done our first album. I'm trying to think. We had done our first album or right around that time we were recording our first album. And, uh, you know, I know David was influenced by it. And it used to be kind of humorous to me because... He kind of, some of the songs, I can tell some things that were, he was influenced a little bit by the album. And, you know, he didn't want um there were certain things we would play. And, of course, I play lots of fills. And, uh, you know, ACDC music is just straight. Phil Rudd almost played no fills. So, you know, we would write some songs and we'd be rehearsing. And I kind of get a look for a second, like, you know, playing too many fills here. But, you know, I just couldn't help it. But I love the album. I love the sound. You know, that, that whole sound that I think musicians have talked about it, having this big ambient sound. But, in fact, it's an incredibly dry album. So very very little ambience, very, you know, reverb and echo. It's like just dry and in your face.
1: Okay. And you being a producer, have you had people come up to you and say, you know what, I'm looking for a sound similar to this, or have you ever tried to dial something in similar to that album? I think the guitar
14: tones, if you listen to Angus's tones and Malcolm's guitar tones, those guitar sounds, they they sound big, but they're really because, you know, they're double-tracked and just the the tone is so dry and in-your-face, but not a particularly overdriven sound. So you know, musicians would come into the studio and they kind of want that sound, but they would always overdrive their amps thinking that's how they got that sound. But in fact, those tones are not really that overdriven. You know, if you compare that to a metal guitar sound, that's like a a country guitar sound compared to it. You know, it's just it's just a pretty clean, clean rhythm tone, you know. Uh, smooth, but not like totally overdriven at all. But it sounds huge and what lying, you know, I was a huge and am a huge fan, a lot of respect for Mutt-Lang's productions and the, the snare drum, for example, you know, just, it has some type of, um, I, I think it's a harmonizer back then, I'm not exactly sure how we did. I'm not think. I'm thinking that it wasn't triggered, but it may well have been, but you know, you definitely hear a pitch drop in it for that snare drum and it just, uh, you know, it sounds great, it's just big and fat and in your face on any speaker's. So just a lot of punch with the snare drum and the kick drum.
1: Rumor has it that it took them about a week to get that snare sound. Do you believe that anyone would take a week just to perfect the snare on its own? <laughs>
14: well, you know, I do, first of all, I do believe that because, you know, my spinal tap, one of the million spinal tap moments I've had in my career. Um, at one point I had an endorsement with Remo Drumheads and, uh, they sent me a pile of drum heads, so literally spent almost a week in the studio just auditioning drums, drum heads, tunings with kick drums, snare drums. I mean, so, you know, I've been there, but I know that, um, I know that Brian New, who mixed the Rod's album, and he mixed my Kennedy album, he's worked with Mutt Lang, and uh, in speaking with him about his experience with Mutt Lang, there is no doubt in my mind that took them a week to get the sound. I absolutely believe it. But the end result is great. He
0: was part of Watchtower, Dangerous Toys, Broken Teeth, and a plethora of other projects. Jason McMaster.
15: Um, the names change. There's no Sharon Osbourne involved. (laughs) But same, same answers. You know? Uh, uh changed changed history just like blizzard changed history um the fact that that a band could lose their singer and you know a year and a half later or whatever put out a record that that is you know continued to be a forefather of what became heavy metal with just you know the same way sabbath sort of created something like that where it's it's just blues riffs, but uh, put together in a way, you know, sim- sim- simpleton ideas uh, put together in a way that changed the world and and sold, you know, sold more records than Pat Boone, you know, which was the way of the world and the mass appeal and what was on television. And when you think about that type of, you know, it it became pop music. It's now it's now pop music, you know, and who would have thought that that is where we are now that, you know, back in black is pop music. It's uh, it's incredible. Uh, It's to some people it wouldn't make any sense when you talk when you talk like that. But I'm not wrong when I say that back in black is a pop album. No,
1: absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah. Growing up in in the New York area, I remember mid '80s. You'd start to hear uh, "You shook me all night long" on the pop station. So you're one hundred percent right.
15: Yeah, I mean it turned in it turned into that because you know if it's becoming popular at the record store, guess what happens next? You know you can't. Uh, that's you know money talks, not the, be coy with another ACDC title, but money talks, man. I mean, that's it. Yeah. It, it turned into, um, something that's undeniable and, uh, nothing you can do about it. it is what it is. Fantastic stuff. Um, the fact that if it's just, they can't keep it on the shelf and, uh, you know, with the success just prior with highway to hell and then, and then the singer dies and, and everyone's kind of going, Oh shit, what are these guys going to do? And then boom, without you, with you're looking at the ground going, Oh no, you get your head blown off with this totally maniacal comeback record that even the guys in ACDC were probably, uh, unex- they didn't know what to expect. They were just as surprised as everybody else, probably. So, I mean, and and every song, there's not a bad song on it. Uh, you know, let me put my love into you, babe. Let me cut your cake with my knife is the shit, dude. <laughs> just the innuendos and the things that are being said. And those, those, uh, I don't know if they matched it. I think that, uh, you know, for those about to rock was as close as they got. And then I think that when they started to sink the pink, it was, it was going somewhere else, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, back in black is, uh, you know, tattooed on my brain forever. So
0: the man that has played with all your favorite bands, Gene Hoagland. Yeah,
7: that's one that, you know, I mean, I've obviously heard it a million times, and ACDC definitely has their place in, 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 in history, obviously, and I have to pick my words carefully here because I would like to keep my job in Zimmer's Hole. So if I say <laughs> anything disparaging, that's what kept me out of being in Zimmer's Hole for many years because I did not share the same worship of ACDC that they did, so... I even went so far as to write a song on my uh on my drumming DVD that I put out, just the intro theme for the you know, just while the credits are rolling. I wrote the song and, and played on it and it sounds nothing like ACDC, but it sounds a lot like Zimmer's Hole, and it was like my audition song for Zimmer's Hole, like, hey, guys, let me in your band, let me in your band, let me in your band, here, I'm going to write a song that sounds just like you guys, and I'm even going to call it, I Love ACDC, and when people find find out the title, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, man, what's the name of that song, you know, it's on, it's on your DVD, it's a really cool song, and it, it sounds more like, like, like Deicide or something, or Zimmer's Hole or like old, like Black Prophecies, Dark Angel type thing. And it doesn't have anything like ACDC or something like it's called. I love ACDC. That's really confuses people, you know. Um, but, you know, that's why I say I have to pick my words carefully and pay proper respect to ACDC without losing my integrity. But, uh, you, know, and, uh, you know, I know it was an album that had such an influence on everybody. Everybody loves ACDC, and I understand it, and I get it. And I think it's great that ACDC wrote the same song for 30 years. That's awesome. They made money off that same song for 30 years. That's great. Um, I got to admit, I liked Brian Johnson. Like, I, I, since I wasn't much of a fan, I always thought uh, Bon Scott had kind of a thin, reedy voice. And I thought Brian Johnson had uh, a, a stronger set of pipes on him. Unfortunately, he was the biggest influence on Tommy Kiefer from Cinderella who, nothing against him, but if he went away and never had a career, I sure would have never minded because Cinderella is absolutely, it's got to be in my top three of most hated bands. And I, I just, you know, when Brian Johnson does it, cool. When some hack from Philadelphia or New Jersey or wherever they're at tries to sound like him, I don't get it. So, uh, you know, I'm, I might get some hate mail from Cinderella fans. Bring it on, pussies. Um, but, um, you know, hey, it's just, you know, I, 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 one thing I always liked about the later, the Brian Johnson era of ACDC was Brian Johnson himself. He seemed like a really fun, engaging, you know, like bloke, you know, just like dude. Yeah. He's your buddy, he's your pal. And, you know, that it, it's very inviting. You know it's just like, hey man we're we're just the boys, we're the lads, come round, have a drink. come to the show, have a drink with us, have some fun so that's what a c d c was about, and I get that you know them and van Halen you know just in in the same boat. The one thing I always thought was really great about a c d c is they always had pretty fun lyrics, you know, like if Brian Johnson was writing the lyrics for them, he sure could you know turn a phrase and you know, I love all the double entendre song titles and and um all that stuff and, and their lyrics were pretty fun. Um I you know, I had an A C D C shirt when I was a kid when, you know, when they put out heaven and hell and my dad would always say, What are what are you? by, son? you know, 'cause A C D C to my dad's era was, you know, hey, you're you're swing both ways and I just thought that was fun, okay. My teachers at school would be like, I don't know about that shirt, dude, because, to, you know, when I was in seventh grade, I mean, to my, you know, to my gym teacher, that's like, dude, you're pro- proclaiming yourself bi, you know? So, uh, whatever, I don't care, man. I just thought it was a cool logo, so...
0: From Hades and nonfiction, lead singer Alan Tecchio.
12: A legendary record. Used to roller ski to it as
10: a kid. That's <laughs> <As> a roller <laughs> rink. That was one of the one of the big records. They would play like probably five cuts off of that thing easily. Uh it totally got me into A C D C that that was definitely the record. I, I went back and got into all the Bon Scott stuff after the fact. It was back in black that... You know, Got Me There, Shoot the Thrill, like every, every song on that record is unbelievably amazing. And uh, yeah, they kind of borrowed from that mold and all the records following that, but they still wrote some great songs after that, but definitely I think that the cloth was cut and the template was made with Back in Black.
0: He's written a million and one books about hard rock and metal, Martin Popoff.
16: Back in Black, I remember when this first came out, um... It was, you know, ACDC was in the ascendance. I was already a fan. I had everything they had already done. Um, it was really interesting to hear this new singer come along. Um, he was perfectly fine, not as good as bon. Um Of course, we were all mourning uh, the loss of Bond. Um, but I think Back in Black is a bit of an overrated album as well. I remember as a kid, and really my opinion has never changed, I find it a little bit sluggish, a little bit too bluesy. Um, It lacked the bite of the previous albums production-wise, or even, well, I guess the singer doesn't lack bite, that's for sure. Um, Brian and Bond both had a lot of bite. I thought the riffs, though, lacked a lot of bite. Um, I remember being quite shocked that You Shook Me All Night Long, even the title track. Um, I thought some of the lyrics were getting a little bit too goofy. you know, Bond kind of had a better twist uh, with this goofy thing, it almost seemed like a little bit of a laugh with him and with Brian, there there didn't seem to have be that irony, um, so actually I don't think it's uh, that, uh, I, it's it's nowhere near my top ACDC album, um, the next one was even worse but I think the Dark Horse ACDC album is, "Flick at the switch, that thing is just so heavy and so cool. Um, that is almost my favorite AC-DC album, and I'm quite a, quite amazed that I would say that because, you know, being 48 years old, um, you know, I obviously love Highway to Hell and Power Age as well, but Flick of the Switch, for me, much better album.
0: From Australia, Death Dealers and Blasted to Statics, Stu Marshall.
3: Well, you know, I think if there was ever going to be uh, a, a singer change in a rock band, it's got to be the most successful uh, handover in history Um Back in black really is one of the, the perfect albums and being Australian you know AC/DC is in our blood so I think with um, one of the kind of interesting facts was they had actually written back in black prior to uh, Bond's death and I think there's some demos going around of Bond actually singing songs off the album which is pretty incredible to hear but uh, one of the, well the, the greatest uh, rock band in the world in my view uh, an incredible album. Angus, obviously, is a rock icon, but doesn't really get the props as a guitar player, I think, um, you know, for what he's done. His guitar playing on that album is just unbelievable. Every song's a hit. What do you say about it? And it sounds the perfect sounding album. You
0: know? The mastermind behind Iced Earth, John Schaefer.
15: Uh, that's also quite an amazing album. Say, it's a there isn't a bad song on it, and I'm, I'm an AC and I was an ACDC fan before Brian Johnson came in, and you know, they, they didn't miss a beat as far as I'm concerned. I, I love Von Scott's era as well, and uh, probably as a front man, I like him more, mm-hmm. um, and maybe even I like his voice more, but I still love ACDC, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just a it's fucking there's that's a band that can appeal to so many people because it's just raw rock, man, it's yeah, hard rock in your face, fucking. No no pretentious bullshit
0: it's just there. Yeah The legendary drummer of Anthrax, Charlie Benante.
17: Um for, for me I was an ACDC fan prior to that record. I loved ACDC. When Back in Black came out, it was one of those records from the initial listen. I was hooked. Okay, okay. for me no matter what people say, you know, throughout the years, there's always been these people who say, "Ah, I don't, I don't like, you know, when Brian Johnson, you know, I'm a Bond guy and all that stuff and I just look at them and I'm like, you know, they're fucking idiots, you know? (laughs) (laughs) There's no way, there's no way that, uh, you can tell me that this isn't one of, if not one of the, one of the greatest records of all time. here is a band that, bounced back from such a tragedy
12: yeah,
17: and, and uh, made uh, such a, a record that is just timeless. It's timeless, this record. Uh, I don't think there's a week that goes by that I don't listen to Back in Black or a song from <laughs> Back in Black. And, and that's the truth. And it definitely took them from a hard rock type of band to uh, heavy metal status. Now, let's face it, right. when, when I was young, when I got that record, uh, I was a drummer since I was, <laughs> God, two, two, three three years old. I taught myself how to play guitar by listening to that record.
1: Huh, no kidding.
17: ACDC to me are the, the epitome of true rock and roll, hard rock, whatever you want to call it. Those guys are... Uh you know, when you hear ACDC, you hear ACDC. You're not going to hear anything but ACDC coming out of that band. And for me, they've dealt with all the bullshit that have come throughout the, the fad that have come around them. They've always been ACDC. <clears throat> Never tried to do anything else but ACDC. And that's why I love them. That's why they're my, one of my all-time favorite bands.
18: The Queen of Metal Doro Pesce. yeah, yeah, actually, man, I love the album so much, and even though I was a, a huge Bon Scott fan, I loved his voice, and it was actually hard to imagine that somebody could even yeah could 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 be in you know like somebody you know who could pull it pull it off and i think I think it it was it was pretty great, and uh, I love yeah tracks like Hell's Bells. Let me put your uh, my love into you, babe. I love that so much. Back in black, of course, the title track, and and the last one, rock and roll ain't no uh, ain't um, noise pollution. These ones, they were actually my favorites, and I think they they did a hell of a good job to even yeah pull it off to have a great record after Bon Scott died. And um, I think yeah, it was uh, it was uh, unbelievable. I think it was a big surprise to everybody.
1: That's that's exactly what I was going to ask you. As a as a longtime fan, obviously, you know, such a big fan of Bon Scott, you know, it, I unfortunately am too young to remember um, uh, what fans were thinking about the album. My brother had the album. I remember the day it came out, but I was still like six years old. So, although I appreciated it, I wasn't a, a fan to know exactly what it was for fans to know what that transition was was like so there there was that type of a shock aspect uh... to back in black seeing that brian johnson could pull um could pull the the front man duties off and uh... bring the band forward
18: yeah yeah no, totally i mean highway trail was so great and tremendous and yeah, and, and I think Bon Scott he was he was loved for for his voice, his attitude, his personality and and I definitely think man Brian Johnson it was the the best choice and he was different and uh yeah, he had um, he had charisma in a different way. I think he never tried to really to sing like Bon Scott, he was his own person. He did his best and I think yeah, we, we all could, could feel it that he came you know, he, he came from, from the right place in his heart to you yeah, know, to fill these shoes of such a tremendous singer. And uh, and I think I could um, I could feel that the band they were all happy. It was um, it was a good good thing. I had a good thing, it was like total total harmony. That's how how as a fan I, I felt that. I don't know if it's if it's really true but I yeah, somehow I sensed it. Mm-hmm.